0: You are listening to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle.
1: And I'm Ernaberry Seafood Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. This episode is brought to you by Ernaberry Consulting. Ernaberry Consulting provides tailored solutions to identify growth opportunities within the fast paced protein commodity sectors. Combining the expertise of our analytical team, our warehouse of proprietary and trusted data, and unparalleled insight into market forecasting, Ernaberry Consulting will not only pinpoint developing global trends, but assist you in knowing exactly when and how to adopt them to maximize your return. Call 732
0: 240 5330 for more information. Thanks, Lauren. We've got a lot to cover in this episode, thanks to NOAA releasing three big reports. So let's start off with the 2019 Fisheries in the United States Report, which provides fishery statistics for the nation, including commercial landings and value. And according to the latest figures, in 2019, U.S. commercial fishermen landed 9.3 billion pounds of seafood valued at $5.5 billion. This was on par with 2018, representing a less than 1% decline in volume and 2% decline in value.
1: Just to hone in on some of the bigger takeaways from the fisheries report, of all species caught by U.S. fishermen, salmon was the highest value at $707 million. Lobster was behind at $668 million followed by crabs at $636 million and scallops at $572 million, and one more, shrimp, at $467 million.
0: When looking at the top port by volume, Alaska reigns supreme. According to NOAA, Dutch Harbor holds the title for the 23rd consecutive year, bringing in 763 million pounds worth $190 million in 2019. The Aleutian Islands claim second place with 589 million pounds worth $142 million, followed by Kodiak with 397 million pounds, worth $120 million. But that all changes when looking at the top port by value. For the 20th consecutive year, New Bedford, Massachusetts, holds that title, raking in $451 million in 2019. Regarding volume, New Bedford ranks in 11th place with just 116 million pounds. Just 116 million. Just,
1: yeah. (laughs) Amazing. <laughs> so focusing in on processed seafood, Alaska pollock was the top species processed in 2019 at 2.2 billion dollars and 1.6 billion pounds. Sockeye salmon was the second most processed species at 1.03 billion dollars and 211 million pounds. Shrimp ranked third, followed by tuna and sea scallops, and these figures represent processed from both domestic catch and imported product. And as for trade, uh, edible seafood imported into the country reached six billion pounds worth $22.2 billion. Shrimp was the highest imported seafood by volume at $6 million uh, and 1.5 billion pounds. As for exports, the U.S. exported 2.8 billion pounds of seafood worth an estimated $5.2 billion dollars. Whole FinFish was the highest exported product in terms of both value and volume at $1.8 billion and 1.3 billion pounds.
0: Let's, uh I'm really interested to see because that was 2019. So I'm really curious to see how bad the pandemic is. I, I wish those these reports years.
1: were were a little bit uh, you know released a little bit quicker. Come on though. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, how hard <laughs> can it be to tally all this? <laughs>
0: So, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to comparing those, those figures next year. Yeah. Um, now, in addition to the 2019 Fisheries U.S. Uh, report, NOAA also released their annual report to Congress on the status of U.S. fisheries. It's an 11-page document to provide a snapshot in time of the status of U.S. fisheries at the end of 2020. Um, but Lauren and I are just going to highlight three of the biggest takeaways because 11 pages is a lot to go through.
1: Yeah, nobody wants to sit around for that right yeah. now. <laughs> um, So first off, overfishing. According to the report, by the end of 2020, there were 26 stocks listed on the overfishing list and 49 on the overfished list. This was slightly up from last year when 22 stocks were listed on the overfishing list and 46 were on the overfished list. NOAA manages 460 stocks, so the overfishing list only represents 8% of those managed while the overfished list represents 20%.
0: Now, Cobia, um, the Gulf of Mexico, Golden Tilefish from the South Atlantic, Lane Snapper from the Gulf of Mexico are just a few of the stocks that were added to the overfishing list this year. Uh, Red Grouper added South Atlantic, Greater Amberjack out of the Gulf of Mexico, Gray Triggerfish from Gulf of Mexico, and Greater Amberjack from the Southern Atlantic coast were removed from that list. As for the overfish list, um, snowfish, uh, co-salmon were removed, uh, but American Samoa bottom fish multi-species complex, Guam bottom multi-species complex, and Atlantic herring from the n- northwestern Atlantic coast were added. The second big takeaway from the status of the U.S.
1: fisheries report was about the CARES Act funding. According to NOAA's findings, commercial fish landing revenues declined an average of 29% through the first half of 2020 as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Fisheries assistance funding totaling $300 million was allocated under the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, also known as the CARES Act. As of December 31st, 2020, $78 million of that $300 million has been dispersed.
0: And the third biggest takeaway from the report is about pandemic-related shifts. While the pandemic did disrupt a lot, NOAA was able to turn to technology to keep everything running smoothly. For example, while many ship-based surveys were canceled due to COVID-19, NOAA scientists ended up deploying unmanned wind and solar-powered sail drones to collect information on Alaska pollock, a fishery worth an estimated $2.19 billion. Technology was also used to maintain agency and council operations, and for the first time ever, fishermen and dealers were able to renew their permits online. Councils also hosted virtual meetings in order to allow public engagement. So technology for the win!
1: Yes. If anything that came out of the pandemic, it's, you know, innovation for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, It certainly allowed us to keep the podcast and video
0: series going while we're out of the
1: office. I mean, the quality, maybe not as, as high tech as before, but hey. We're trying. The
0: quality of our reporting was always on par, though. (laughs) Always top notch, yes.
1: So now on to the final report released by NOAA. The agency put out an 18-page document providing an overview of the first two years of the U.S. Seafood Importing Monitoring Program, also
0: known as SIMP. Oh gosh, we haven't talked about SIMP in ages. I um, know, right? Yeah. Now everyone should be familiar with it, but a brief description for any newcomers SIMP uh, is a risk based seafood traceability program for 13 imported species groups and serves as a screening and deterrent tool to identify and deter IUU fish and fish products and misrepresented seafood from entering the U.S. market. It officially began on December 31st, 2018. So, NOAA's new report details all the program data and efforts from 2019 and 2020.
1: NOAA said its engagement efforts with stakeholders, including importers and international trading partners, helped limit any trade disruptions as SIMP was implemented. Another positive sign for the program was how many SIMP audited shipments were in compliance. 57.3% of SIMP shipments audited were in full compliance. And those not in full compliance, 42.7% remaining were mostly identified as data discrepancies.
0: National Fisheries Institute President John Connolly said in a statement that he was pleased with the results of the report and looks forward to working with NOAA to improve any information discrepancies found in entry filings. But, and this is a very big but, <laughs> Connolly has concerns about plans for, uh, to further expand SIMP. That is right. So Connolly said
1: that the seafood community estimates it has spent over $50 million on simp regulatory and paperwork compliance for just the 13 species covered by the program, a burden on an industry working to feed Americans during a time of recovery. He continued that simp expansion would impose hundreds of millions of dollars of annual expense for a program that, quote, does not prevent or stop IUU fish and fish products from entering U.S. commerce.
0: Thanks, Lauren. As always, we'll keep you updated when more information is available. And that
1: does it for us. Once again, this episode is brought to you by Earned Consulting. Call 732-240-5330 for more information.
0: Bye-bye.